Well, happy Advent still? Happy Advent. Yes. Happy New Year. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year indeed. Hey, so uh, we are wearing purple. We're doing all that. You know, All that. Yep. All, yep. all that. Um, how's your Advent been so far? <laughs> so far, so good. I actually had, uh, I was praying with the gospel for um, this Sunday. Surprise, surprise. Um, mm-hmm. like, and you something, and, like you do. And something really struck me. Um, and I'd be interesting to get your take on this, especially since you've celebrated a whole bunch of masses, being a parish priest and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really shocked at the very end of the gospel when he's saying, you know, beware that your hearts don't become drowsy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, for that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. <laughs> so metal. <laughs> he, well, hold, I mean, yes, okay. <laughs> but mm-hmm. also notice that he doesn't say, for that day will assault everyone who hears my voice or everyone who believes in the gospel or everyone who mm. does this or does that. It's everyone. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. You know, hey, we want to uh, we want to put the, like this rapture language on the, these kind of readings and it's like, oh, well, the worthy will be taken up and spared. It's like, no, man. Everyone <laughs> will be will assaulted. Assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I honed in on in that reading uh, right towards the end as well that I found very striking is that he uses a, the word that the day of the Lord or whatever is imminent. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really, it's just a really mm-hmm. fun yeah. uh, word to describe, like the urgency. So it kind of helped build into my homily about the urgency that we're yeah. praying with. Um, you know, prepare the way of the Lord, you know, don't get caught off guard, all that kind of stuff we were talking about. It's like there is urgency here, which is mm-hmm. why we can't be asleep. So I focus a lot of my homily a little bit about uh, stay awake, you know, wake up Christians and like how a change in season is a jarring thing precisely to like wake us up from our sleepiness and like our status quo-ness, you know, because the day of the Lord is imminent, you know, and it'll assault us, everyone on the face of the earth, you know, blindside us. Um, you know, one thing, uh, now that you're talking about it, I uh, just wanted to flag for you. I was surprised uh, that the fir- that the gospel on the first Sunday of Advent was the same gospel as the very last day of ordinary time. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, the gospel on the on the Saturday right before the first Sunday of Advent was the exact same gospel. Hmm. And, and notice it does something that we've talked about before. It goes from twenty eight to thirty four. Skips over some stuff. Yeah. Weird. Well, actually, the um the 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 gospel on the last Saturday of ordinary time was just the last two verses of what today's what the gospel for the first Sunday was. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, but it was the still that ending was still there. So like mm-hmm. we ended, it's oh. kind of you can help build a whole homily there, you know, around ending ordinary time with uh-huh. that imminent, you know, assault, and yeah. then beginning again with that, you know, as the reminder. Um. Anyway, I thought that was kind of a cool thing. I didn't really focus on that at all, but it's kind of what I was thinking was was kind of cool. For yeah, a you know, homily. and I think it is uh, something that I always forget to do that I think is a really good idea um, is to look at the propers for these special seasons. Um, yeah. Because the preface, at least, really kind of sums up a lot of this, you know, talking about both the the first, for he, I'm looking at it right now, for he assumed at his first coming the lowliness of human flesh, yeah. uh, so that when he comes again in glory and majesty and all is last made manifest, we who watch for that day may inherit the great promise in which we now dare to hope. It's like, exactly there's right. Some, there's some hardcore stuff going on there. 
Yeah. And, uh, and like, so that's the preface for the first Sunday. And uh, it's an important preface too, because your point is well taken because it does point out the two advents of Christ. And so the coming in the incarnation and the coming in glory. And so a homily that doesn't touch on that is kind of missing the mark uh, on this first Sunday. Like the preface bakes it in for you. It's almost, it's almost as if we could read the preface as maybe a primer <laughs> for mm. <laughs> like, what should we be preaching on? You know, yeah. I'd be curious about what the second Sunday, you know, as we're getting re- ready to talk about it, what it says about these, the mysteries of this day, you know, because mm-hmm. we're transitioning now into more explicit language about, uh, you know, the, the nativity story, you know, so now like this week we have John the Baptist, you know, um, even though that's also not a nativity story per se, at least John the Baptist as a figure is now here, which is more traditional imagery for, for the Christmas time. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it is fascinating that as we look to the cycling readings that change and give us different, you know, angles or whatever to, to these feast days, uh, we look to these prayers of the liturgy as kind of the, the constant, like how do we, maybe it's even the, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The thing that we measure the readings to. Yeah. Um, yeah. To say, okay, what is this saying about, you know, this season? How are these speaking to this? And vice yeah. I mean, do you, the prayers come from the readings. Okay. But you know, you know what I do mean? Do you have the, uh, do you happen to have the preface uh, at hand for the second Sunday of Advent? I certainly can. Here it is. Maybe yeah, what is it? Yeah, why don't you read it and see what it uh, what it says? For all the oracles of the prophets foretold him, the Virgin Mother longed for him with love beyond all telling. John the Baptist sang of his coming and proclaimed his presence when he came. It is by his gift that already we rejoice at the mystery of his nativity, so that we may find us, so that he may find us watchful in prayer and exultant in his praise. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. So like explicit language now of the birth of Christ, but the mm-hmm. focus, I think, on Mary and John the Baptist, and especially mm-hmm. with this gospel that we have John the Baptist, um, you know, I guess it would be good to maybe preach on John the Baptist. You know, it seems like a central figure here that I think will come up also on the third Sunday of Advent. Yeah, well, I mean, like, think about it, though. You know, we specifically name the Virgin Mother longing for him, John the Baptist singing of his coming. Like, these are things, like I was pointing out last week of... Uh, you know, in the second reading, like these are things that we need to be doing. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And I think that's is, this is the great example given by the saints is that they give us that example of how to live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, what does it say? How, so that when he does come, that he may find us watchful in prayer and exultant in his praise. Yeah. Yeah. Watchful in prayer. Watchful in prayer. Yeah. There's a, the, the waiting, you know, the preparation, being watchful, you know, the coming of the Lord in prayer, vigilance, like all that is our themes of Advent that I think we've been sort of hitting on the last couple of weeks, you know, with the mm-hmm. ending of the liturgical year. It's, like I preached on this this morning about vigilance and the importance of vigilance, you know, without anxiety, like that's our Christian hope, you know, but being watchful in prayer, like that's a really beautiful des- yeah. description of what Advent is. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And exultant in his praise. Like, yeah. I love both yeah. of those lines. Watchful in prayer and exultant in praise. Good, good. Can you see right off the bat how you might tie the, either of those or that preface into some of the dynamics of the readings? Like we, ha- we had this thing from Baruch that I didn't really feel was helping me. I don't know. Do you yeah. seem to like it? I don't know. <laughs> I think there's something... I think there's something to it that we're taking off this robe of mourning and misery, even though we haven't... I mean, this is the second Sunday. We haven't really... I mean, I guess the world, the culture, the the society that we live in is kind of a mourning and a miserable place. Uh, and we're, you know, we're beginning to put on that splendor, that glory from God forever. 
Um, yeah, it's kind of a weird, I mean, a lot of these Old Testament things are kind of weird. Um, they're kind of like rallying calls. We're, we're getting mm-hmm. ready for battle almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I underlined the word multiple times in the first reading is the word splendor. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's so much imagery in the Advent season around light. Uh, you know, the coming of the Lord, the star of Bethlehem. Um, you know, we're lighting all these candles on the wreath. Things are getting darker. All this imagery of the light breaking through. So splendor, the splendor of glory. I just think that's a really striking, evocative thing where it's like, it's not just that we are shining brightly, but there's splendor. I don't mm-hmm. know, there's sort of like this this glow of glory, that this well, aura perhaps, you know? It's the last line. For God is leading Israel in joy by the light of his glory. Yeah. With his mercy and justice for company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I mean, I think uh, maybe we were talking about this last year during Advent time, but how you how you could preach a whole homily around the dynamics of light and darkness. Um, there could be something there, although these readings don't really bring light and darkness out so explicitly. Like the gospel, I don't think has... Well, has I think much. it could. I mean, it depends on, you know, if you're so tied to kind of a literal um, reading, like what is the desert? Is it just a really hot place with lots of sand? Or is it that darkness? Is that that dark place um, where we're filled with misery and et cetera? And it's mm-hmm. from there that the Baptist comes shouting, prepare the yeah. way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Right, right. Yeah. No, that's good. So, okay, so just pivoting really quick. <laughs> I Okay, so John the Baptist, let's just take a zoom out for a second. John the uh-huh. Baptist, like this reading here is him as an adult. Yeah. Like, this is him as an adult. And he's talking about preparing a way of the Lord. Yeah. And so it's kind of like his vocation. Are we saying something about Advent and our vocation to be like John? Like, we're as we're preparing for the coming of the Lord, we need to be ones who are preaching his coming. Like, that's how we prepare for the coming of the Lord, is by being proclaimers of the coming of the Lord, making straight his paths. Is that the angle that we're getting at? Um, I mean, I think that's certainly an angle that is not not worth looking at. Um, mm-hmm. you know, is that, is that the goal of, of what we're looking at here? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's certainly somebody who is going around preaching, um, baptism for the, for repentance, for the forgiveness of sins. Like that's kind of big. Mm-hmm. Um, and who is literally related to Jesus, um, who many people thought was the Messiah. Right. Right. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. So there could be a whole thing there. Maybe I'm harping on this light thing a little too much, but John was not the Messiah. Like, people even confused him for the Messiah. So, like, he even said, like, I'm not the one. There's one creator coming after me. It's like, the light that shines from me, you know, that's the light of Christ. So, like, we're resplendent with the light of his glory, like you were saying at the end of that first reading. Like, the light of his glory is what leads us. Mm -hmm. And so whatever light that I shine, in all humility, I must admit that that's the light of his glory reflecting in in splendor off of me, you know? Yeah. Um, Like, the invitation there, perhaps the humility, like, I must decrease, he must increase. That's John the Baptist as well. Like, you know, I'm not worthy to unfasten his sandals. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think there's absolutely something there. There's a great line in a, this this really brilliant poem that Tolkien wrote um, where he he likens human, humanity as a refractor, like a prism that refracts the light into different hues and different, you know, colors and things. And that's sort of the creative outpouring that we that we do, and it doesn't come from us. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that that's that pure white that comes from the divine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. I like that imagery a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Talk to me about the second reading. It seems. Do you have anything there that is unique that, well, that could help us? I I'm wondering, and it may be it may be one of these things that isn't worth getting into. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at the second part of it, and this mm-hmm. is my prayer. Is what it says that your love may increase ever more and more. Oh, isn't that great? We we talk about this all the time, but that's not what this says. <laughs> not just so that your love may increase in knowledge and every kind of perception to discern what is of value. Oh, wow. So that you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of right, you know, et cetera, et cetera. This language of discernment has eluded, I mean, in this particular reading, it has eluded me. Like, I've never picked up on it quite this way before. That we just speak of, Lord, may you make my heart bigger, you know, let my love increase, blah, 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 blah. Right, right. No, there's a focus here. There's a reason, Mm -hmm. and it's discernment. Yep. It's so that I may learn what, as it says, what is of value and what isn't. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what would you say is the pearl of great price? It's kind of like on the like the tip of my my tongue here. A little bit of like, if I'm discerning what is of value, the the word value there really strikes me. It's not like discern what is good. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is of value? You know, and like thinking about all the language of gifts and treasures and, you know, pearls of great price. And we're in this season of, you know, gift giving and all that, like actually discerning what is of value. I mean, it's a similar question that we were wrestling with the other week with Christ the King. Like he clearly didn't want to be a king. (laughs) And yet that's the language that we use because it it works when you think of this kind of more cosmically. Yeah, Um, yeah. But this value is the same thing. Like we're talking about what is truly value. It's like the difference between happiness and joy. Like Mm -hmm, we're not just talking mm -hmm. about a feeling here. We're not just talking about monetary wealth here. We're talking about something deeper, something truer. Yeah. Um, Actually, ooh, yeah. You know what? I So, okay, I live in a city where it's pretty universally known by pretty much everybody that it's a city that's rampant with superficiality. Um, and it just gets me wondering, like, what's what's lacking is depth. What's lacking is a perception of real value. What What, like, putting our value in good and real things. And so, like, being able to discern that well... In this context is important so that, like like John the Baptist, what like in this desert of superficiality that I'm in, you know, the voice that cries out in that desert, what is really a value for this mm, culture yeah. that I'm in right now? And it's what is of real value is depth, you know, and, you know, really thwarting some of that culture of superficiality in this desert of superficiality that I'm in, you know? So maybe there's a dynamic there that's a call to action for myself, you know, as a person living in a city that is rampant with that kind of kind of desolate superficiality, you know, like discernment could be, uh, you know, the exhortation there is to discernment, but finding the value where you're at of like what's actually needed, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think we can go too far when, you know, this type of language comes up of just saying, well, everything of the world is bad. I need to stay in church and only do that. And that way I can know what's truly right in the world. It's like, well, no, (laughs) God made the world and it's good. Um, we screw it up a lot of the time, but there's still value there to be found. Um, yeah. But you have to work at it. You have to you have to discern. You have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You've got to engage with it. You know, if there yeah. is something there that you're noticing is wrong, well, why? <laughs> what's you know what's at fault here? Just don't just sit around passively. 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, find yourself watchful in prayer to go back to that preface. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Do you know the thing I'm, I'm, uh, thinking about right now is the, uh, the quote from, uh, Isaiah that, that is in the gospel and just thinking about like, what is it, <laughs> what is this about leveling hills and filling up, you know, holes? What is that about? And it's about speed. Hmm. Like it's, mm. it's about, you know, what, you know what I mean? Like it's getting to the goal faster. Uh, like not needing to take detours down valleys and up mountains and crooked roads, but it's like paving a way for the Lord for the sake of his speedy arrival, his imminent arrival. If you want to go yeah. back to what we were saying before, you know? Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I, I've kind of been on this soapbox for the last couple of months of how badly as a church we put, obstacles in the way uh, of people, you know, having access to the Lord, but it's like speeding his paths, making them straight, making them sure. Yeah, I really like that. And you know, this may not be the most politically correct thing to say in the world um, these days, but you know, you know how we tend to like pluralize everything and like, oh, well, you know, everything is basically right. You'll get there eventually, just may take you through a different path. And I think this reading is going directly against that, or maybe it's not going directly against it saying, yeah, that's true, but that's not what we're about. We're about getting mm-hmm. there directly. Right, right, right. And finding that direct path. Right. And so, you know, the, the pearl of great price can fit back into that because would you not sell everything to get it hastily, like yeah. to get it fast, you know? Uh, and that's right. And so like what what's kind of being raised in the back of my mind in the absence of a clear answer is, what are we preaching is the pearl of great price. Like in this context, in an Advent season, like it's an invitation to discerning value so we can find the hidden treasure underneath all of the mountains of garbage that we've amassed, you know, in our lives. Um, Like that could be a homily, like there could be an invitation there. And like, this could be a season, a penitential season of digging through a lot of the the superficiality and digging through a lot of the the mountains of of trash you know in our lives and finding that like pearl of great price and yeah i don't know and, and getting there quickly you know because letting the lord find his way into our heart faster i mean look at the psalm those who sow in tears shall reap rejoicing although they go for all they although they go forth weeping carrying the seed to be sown they shall come back rejoicing carrying their sheaves like there's clear a clear dynamic at work you know, that the Lord, okay, again, going back to our Psalm, the Lord has done great things for us. We're filled with joy. What do you do with that? <laughs> yeah. Know? Even though, even though like life happens, you know, those who sow in tears, well, when you reap the fruits, you shall be rejoicing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, as long as we come back, I think there's something there. Yeah. Well, the fact that we're talking about joy and it's not, you know, Laetari Sunday or whatever, Gaudete Sunday, and it's, like joy is the fruit of the season yeah you know like hoping and wait, waiting in joyful hope like that that whole mantra around this season is important it's like we could really if you want to talk about discernment you know like another big part of our spirituality as jesuits is unhealthy attachments like mm-hmm. those things that don't like when you talk about leveling the path and filling in the holes like that's getting rid of those this like unordinate attachments that are impediments to communion with God. It's like discerning those well, so as to be able to let them go. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And you know, our, this is kind of a funny situation we're in where the Alleluia verse comes f- directly from the gospel. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that maybe, maybe offers us a kind of a focal point. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his, make straight his paths. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. You know, preparation. You know what they won't see? They won't see you and me. Like they'll see Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like they'll see Jesus is the salvation of God. And so yeah. kind of going back to that John the Baptist uh, insistence is that he pointed to Jesus as the source of light and to see him and not to see ourselves, you know, um, you know, as a challenge to our, our desire of glory and honor, you know? Um, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. This will be an interesting one. I think you could take this in a thousand different directions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Well, good. Any parting thought? Nope. Same as always go pray. All right, buddy. Till next time.